0: Good morning ladies and gentlemen, this is the Thunder Podcast, Benji Dance with the good morning, everybody. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Doug, from London, Ontario, Canada. I hope everybody so far has had a a good week. This is Friday, June the 25th, 2021. Now, there's a whole lot of things happening in our world today. And a lot of things unfolding. And a lot of things that are really disturbing. We or I never learned any history about residential schools across Canada or about the indigenous culture. and atrocities, we can call them crimes, of so many indigenous children, going back as far as the 1880s when these residential schools first started by the Canadian government and by the Catholic Church. Another 751 unmarked graves on a residential school property, which that school no longer stands, of children. Children who never went back to their families and families that never heard about their whereabouts, or what happened to their children in these residential schools, set up by the Canadian government and the Catholic Church. Now, the first Prime Minister of Canada The first Prime Minister, John A. Macdonald. Now, this is what he said in the House of Commons back in 1883. When the school is on the reserve, the child lives with its parents, who are savages. He is surrounded by savages, and though he may learn to read and write his habits and training and mode of thought are Indian, he is simply a savage who can read and write. It has been strongly pressed on myself as the head of the department The Indian children should be withdrawn as much as possible from the parental influence. And the only way to do that would be to put them in a central training industrial schools where they will require the habits and modes of thoughts of white men. That is a really disturbing statement by the first Prime Minister of Canada see ladies and gentlemen you know we are all immigrants that came to this country our ancestors back of so many years ago decades ago 100 years ago and, and further back The indigenous people were here first. Now, while most of the Commission's 94 calls to action have not been completed, the reports contain valuable information about the schools and what went on there. And what were residential schools? These were boarding schools for indigenous children that didn't exist just to teach them school subjects, but primarily to break their link to their culture and identity. And for decades and decades on end, the survivors of these, these, um, residential schools have always been outspoken and that nobody believed the survivors that this has happened. And the death of these little kids But now, here is tragic evidence. And so nobody can deny what the survivors have been saying all along. In one residential school in Kamloops, British Columbia, 250 unmarked graves of children We went to these residential schools and just recently, another 751 these schools spanned all across Canada from the west coast to the east coast. The last known residential school was in 1996. How could this have been going on for this long? It is so very tragic. And the first residential school opened up in Brantford, Ontario in 1831 before Confederation. Although were a handful of schools run by missionary groups even earlier than that. In 1847, Egerton Ryerson and his university named after Ryerson it was the superintendent of schools in Upper Canada and wrote a report recommending the establishment of, rec- of, of residential schools for Aboriginal students in the province. And after his report in the 1850s, the Methodist missionaries established a number of such schools in Southern Ontario. Other schools were opened up in British Columbia and the Northwest Territories in 1860. In the post-confederation, the federal government became more involved in residential schools in the 1800s and the number of schools expanded. A total of 139 residen- residential schools were identified in the Indian Residential School Settlement Agreement, though the does include those run by provincial governments and those run solely by religious orders, according to the TRC. And over all this time, ladies and gentlemen, at least 150,000 First Nations, Inuit and Metis, children passed through the residential school system. And what were these conditions like? Residential school students were subject to physical and sexual abuse by staff, were often uh, malnutrished or underfed and lived in poor housing conditions and threatened and threatened their safety. Infectious diseases like uh tuberculosis the flu often ran rampant among the students leading to many deaths and of course the parents were never told what happened to their children they were taken forcefully from their homes Government never asked permission. You know, in addition to attending class, students at many of the schools had to perform chores to maintain the school and even sometimes do farm work to feed the school. Now, there's been identified about 3,200 deaths as part of its in, uh, of the investigation of the TRC. For one-third of these deaths, the government and schools didn't record the student's name. For one-quarter of these deaths, the government didn't identify the student's gender. And for around half, the cause of death wasn't identified. I'm appalled. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm appalled that even these schools still existed in the, in the, uh, the, the 20th century, right all the way up to 1996, 97. In history classes. We never ever learned about Residential schools. We never learned about the indigenous culture. Something that is so sacred to these people, their culture. And it's an important culture of Canada. The people, their language, their heritage. To learn about these residential schools in the 21st century is no excuse. Why was it taught, why was it not taught in our educational system, I have no idea. As though it was swept under the carpet. And it's so that the government and churches did not want us to know anything about these residential schools and what took place there. And for decades on end, and even centuries, the indigenous people have been treated like second class citizens, which is also very shameful. Shame on Canada, shame on the governments, shame on the churches. You know, the Indigenous children in residential schools died at a far higher rate than any other Canadian children, even for the time, this report notes. And according to the report, many children died from infectious diseases, in, in, in particular, the ter, uh, uh, tuberculosis, fires in school buildings, suicide, drowning, and other accidental causes. I wouldn't even agree to accidental causes. And where are they buried? The recent discovery of unmarked burial sites containing 215 bodies at the site of the Kamloops Residential School in British Columbia has highlighted how there is still a lot to learn about where these children are buried. And like I said, another seven hundred and fifty-one children in unmarked graves at the sites of these residential schools. I can't even begin to even begin to 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 understand or even comprehend all the trials and tribulations of our indigenous people. And the hurt that it has that it has caused for so many decades. When this first news broke about these two hundred and fifteen children, the world was looking at the Pope. The world was looking at the Pope to hear an apology from the Catholic Church. Two words. I'm sorry. Never came out of the Pope's mouth. You know, the Catholic Churches all over the world has always had a black eye about something. And certainly got a black eye on this history of these residential schools. Children who died at these schools were likely buried at the school or in a nearby municipal or church cemeteries. Some of these locations are known and the cemeteries still maintained, but some are not. Part of the cemeteries that the commission documented are abandoned, disguised, invulnerable to accidental disturbance, wrote the TRC report. residential schools are not just artifacts from long ago the last residential school in Canada closed in 1996 meaning that there were many survivors who were still dealing with the effects from the early 1800s and even earlier in that and then that the last residential school closed in 1996 now I asked myself and I asked the Canadian government how in the hell or the school still being ran? And who said that this was okay? This is going to be going on for a very, very long time. We have no excuse. We can't excuse what has happened. And to be learning about these things more recently is really disturbing as though the government and the Catholic churches just swept this under the carpet. Indigenous people, the survivors of these residential schools, would talk about what. What happened, and what it was like, and what took place. And not being believed. The Catholic churches. The government. Of Canada should be ashamed of themselves. This is appalling. This is really, really disturbing you know growing up as a kid here in Canada going to school I went to I went to school with indigenous kids Asian children blacks and like I said You know, during history class and all these these things, learning about the history of Canada and how Canada became Canada. We learned about history like the First World War, the Second World War. We learned about our prime ministers. Even when we talked about Sir A. MacDonald, the first Prime Minister of Canada, none of these things were ever mentioned. You know, we should even be ashamed. And even Hollywood should even be ashamed, you know, coming out with these movies, you know, Cowboys and Indians. Making as though the indigenous people of North America were the savages. They weren't the savages, ladies and gentlemen, the white man was the savage. These are human beings. A culture. A community, families. From centuries, to our very day today. We set aside for a moment of the residential schools and the heritage and the culture of our indigenous people. I would certainly like to learn more about our indigenous heritage. Wonderful people. You know, they'd be able to teach us a lot about their culture. But this discussion about residential schools is not going away, ladies and gentlemen. It's going to be here for a long time. How do we reconcile this? Is beyond me. As a Canadian and to all my fellow Canadians, we need to stand alongside and support our indigenous people of Canada. from every single corner from the East Coast to the West Coast to our three territories, and every stop in between, and stand together with the indigenous people. I am sorry that this had taken place. How many more lost children are they going to find around, near, on the properties of once these schools have stood? How many more children, bodies, are they going to discover? It's going to be alarming. This is alarming. This is now close to a thousand. And these children deserve recognition recognition, and these children deserve a proper burial. And these children deserve respect. And their families. It just, you know, ladies and gentlemen, I mean, when, when this sort of thing comes out, you know, it just angers me of the ignorance. Just angers me of the ignorance that the government has never, ever talked about this. We never learned anything about this. Shame on the Canadian government. How do you reconcile this? You know, for, for centuries, and hundreds of years, you know, with the treaties. Empty promises. Oh, you know, but the Canadian government says, oh, well, we're going to try to do better and we're gonna listen, and we're gonna work closely. Government after government after government, as though these things are always just put on the back burner. The government would talk about them when they wanted to talk about it, not when the indigenous leaders wanted to talk about it. Way back, you know, at the start of the Second World War, Ipperwash here in Ontario, a very small community even back then and still today. Part of it was used for military training for, for, the, uh, f- uh, for the military for going to war. And told the indigenous people that they would have it back after the war. Well, when World War II ended. They didn't give it back to the indigenous people. As though they never had an agreement. And then I believe it was around 95 or 96 when it was again occupied by the indigenous people. And they took it back themselves. Hey, thank you for joining me. I'm your host Doug from Ontario, Canada. So I'm out here this morning, you know, in the light of the news that has been going on for some time now um, about the residential schools here in Canada and what they were is more or less like, like a, um, like a, like a, like a, I don't know, like a prison, like a camp. Um, you know, back in, in in the, in the mid-1800s, the government of Canada didn't ask, they took, they took indigenous children from their families and put them in these residential schools to be stripped of their culture, to be stripped of their language, to look and dress like the white man. And over the decades and centuries, and even when I was growing up, going to school, never learned any history about these residential school systems. To take a, to take a culture And trying to transform it into the white man's ideas of how people are supposed to be. Now... The thing is, you know, with um, our, our first prime minister of Canada, Sir A. MacDonald, basically calling the indigenous people savages. His words were just that. And that even if the children living with their parents were taught to read and write. They were still savages. Savages that could read and write. Were his exact words from, from Sir. Frederick A. MacDonald, the first Prime Minister of Canada. These children were forcefully removed from their homes. And they were were taken to these different locations all across Canada. And a lot of them were never seen or heard of again. The discovery of the first 231 indigenous children in unmarked graves. And now most recently, 750 indigenous children discovered in unmarked graves. On, in or around the grounds of these buildings that don't exist. These children were punished if they were caught speaking their language. They were punished if they tried to run away. They were made to work outside on farms. they had their hair cut they couldn't wear their traditional clothing you know it's just really it's really difficult you know because When you, when, when you teach history about your country, you, you would think that it would be in your history lesson. It was never in our history lessons, ever. It was kept quiet, it was swept under the carpets. And for the very last residential school to be closed in 1996, I mean, how did this even happen? The government cannot say it did not know what was going on in these residential schools from centuries ago to the 21st century. They cannot ever say they did not know what was going on because that would just be bullshit. And the Catholic Church. Who ran these residential schools. People were expecting. The Pope. To formally apologize. For these residential schools in the in the treatment of these indigenous people. Of Canada. he only had to say two words, I'm sorry, and those two words never came out of his mouth. We know that the Catholic churches have black eyes for for decades and centuries uh, on on abuse of, of, of kids. You know, when people, the indigenous people, the survivors of these residential schools, when they would would talk about it to whoever they're talking to, you know, and telling their stories. As though that, you know, um, They're making it up. These are not made up stories. Of what happened in these residential schools from these survivors. They live this. They breathe this. You know, from, from, you know, filmmaking, and you know, from um, Hollywood. You know, when you're watching. The cowboys and Indian movies. You know the indigenous people. Were made out to be the savages. Somehow they were the problem. They weren't the savages ladies and gentlemen white man was the savage. We are. We are all immigrants. The indigenous people of North America, here in Canada, were here first. White man comes along and somehow thinks that it can just wipe out or try to wipe out a culture, the people. Or that we can make them be like the white man. By stripping them of of their, of their culture, trying to strip them of their beliefs. And for so many of them, never to return home. And for those parents back in the 1800s and so on. Never knew what happened to them. I guess they would just presume that they never survived, which is true. Even saying sorry really isn't enough. How do we reconcile this? What are we supposed to do as can, as um, Canadians. How do you feel if you're Canadian. How do you feel about this. I'm appalled. I cannot even comprehend. Of when of what they went through They're even looking right now of changing the name Ryerson because Ryerson Egerton Ryerson he was the superintendent of the schools in Upper Canada and wrote a report recommending the establishment of residential schools for Aboriginal students in the province of Ontario. This was 1847. And in the post-confederation, the federal government became more involved in residential schools in the 1880s and the number of schools expanded. Total 139 residential schools were identified in the Indian Residential School Settlement Agreement. Though this doesn't include those run by the provincial governments and those ran solely by religious orders. How in the world could people back there in the 1800s and even earlier think that they, they can take a culture and transform it into white man's beliefs? It was beyond me, and for for it to 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 for as long as they were able to operate. And I'm talking the last one in 1996. How was that still able to happen? In the 20th century. And what did the Canadian government know about it? Obviously, they knew everything about it. We were never taught in schools. We were never taught in school the history of residential schools. Never, ever. History was like learning about the First World War or the Second World War. How we became here in Canada. Nothing. Nothing about a culture and people that were here long before we arrived. Ever did we learn anything of that nature in school. And why not? You know, why not? Why didn't we learn? Why didn't we know about this? Why didn't we learn about this? Government didn't want us to know. Churches, Catholic churches didn't want us to know. And you can't even get a simple apology out of the Pope. This is not the end of this story. This is not going to go away for some time as more and more unmarked graves of indigenous children who never, ever returned back home to their families. This is bigger news than COVID-19. This is bigger news than Hiroshima and Nagasaki. You know, with all the struggles, trials and tribulations of the indigenous people of Canada. In in working with with the Canadian government. Of all their struggles. And those struggles, unfortunately, ladies and gentlemen, it's always going to continue. For whatever reasons. This is not my land. It is their land. And how the indigenous people seem to be and are treated like second class citizens. And it's on the news every single day. I mean it's even it's even put COVID nineteen on the back shelf and more and more survivors of these residential schools are coming out and talking about it and the Canadian government Saying, "Oh yeah, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna be, you know, more involved in this, and and we're gonna get through this, and we're gonna help them." They didn't listen before. Now they're gonna listen. Now they're gonna listen because all these dis- discoveries of these unmarked graves of these indigenous children now they're gonna listen we're talking almost a thousand so far and that is just out west in the rest, in the western provinces of Canada they haven't even begun here in Ontario Quebec or even out east the more discoveries of these unmarked graves of these children of these indigenous children this certainly is (laughs) I mean this this is certainly you know This is more than a black eye on Canada. This is more than a black eye on the government. This is more than a black eye on the Catholic Church. This is a couple black eyes and teeth knocked out. This is what this is. And I'm sure my fellow Canadians feel the same way. And still, like I said, with all the struggles, the trials and tribulations that the Indigenous people of Canada still face today. We need to stand up with them, we need to stand beside them. And anybody else, you know, who is from a different background, a different culture, we need to stand alongside them. You know, as more and more stories come out, and more and more survivors of these residential schools speak out, the more disturbing this becomes. you know even even in the in 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 the history even in the um the fisheries on the eastern seaboard of canada and the struggles going on there and the way they're being treated by the white man in the fisheries is appalling It's ignorant. It's disrespectful. And it's racism. Indigenous people has always faced racism, just like blacks, just like Asians, people from India, people from the Middle East. Because they're different. Is that what it is? Is because they're different somehow? You know, I was, I was brought up and raised to respect people didn't matter where you came from. And our Father let us know that if you made any remarks about somebody that was disrespectful, you wouldn't sit down for a week. Because you'd tan your ass that hard. Pretty sad how we treat one another in the world that we live in, the planet that we share, with so many different people and cultures and religions and whatever the case may be. Shame on mankind. What if you were treated like that, you know, is someone gonna someone gonna come around and be racist about a white person. I mean, the worst thing that we could be called is a cracker. But does that make anything right? No, it doesn't. wrongs don't make it right. And we need to fix this. Not just about these residential schools and the indigenous people, but we need to fix this. We need to fix racism. We need to stop it. But thank you for taking the time out of your morning and joining me here in the truckers podcast. I appreciate that. And I will be back out tomorrow morning at 9 a.m. And then I'm going to come back out on Sunday evening and that's probably going to be around 9 a.m. again as well. And then, and then, of course, Monday evening shows. I try to, I try to get in as many shows as, as, as I possibly can during the week, you know, working and, and life in general, you know. But, uh, it, it's you know, it's generally uh, three shows a week. Um, you know, sometimes I can pop out in the middle of the week and, you know, if uh, something that is, is uh, you know, really important to talk about. You know, I mean there's a lot of things that are important to talk about. Endless things to talk about. And you can always find the Truckers Podcast wherever you find your podcast. I'm your host Doug from Northern Ontario of Canada. This is the Truckers Podcast. Thank you for joining me, take care, be safe, and thank you.